Yes, SuperCal are heading out and we are online, not right now, but recording. So um, for those who haven't been able to make it in the room, um, welcome if you're watching the podcast. Um, Margaret's going to come up now and read uh, the reading for us this morning, which is from Mark chapter 4. And uh, thank you, Margaret, for that. Um, use your microphone. Yes, our reading from God's Word this morning is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verses 21 to 34, and from the New International Version. Jesus is speaking to the crowds. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And then he went on to say, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the word of God. God. Thanks, Margaret. So last week, uh, Lauren preached for us and led us through the first parable uh, in Mark's gospel. There's not actually many. We're pretty much done after, after today in the, the parables in Mark's gospel. Um, but last week it was the parable of the sower or the soils, um, the, soil, the, the fertile soil and the thorny and the rocky and the footpath. Uh, and, and that one was a kind of a parable of parables in that the, Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God in these stories that we call parables, not to hide a truth, but to actually show that some would understand and some simply wouldn't. And, and the message, that's why he used the parables and that's the message of that first parable. 
And, and so after that, what comes is what we read today. First of all, these little mini parables, which are actually more like sayings. Uh, and then the, the, two, the two parables, again, about seed and plants. Um, first of all, these little sayings, they give us an optimism, which is basically, you know, God can soften the heart of anyone. Like share this light is the image used now here. Don't hide the light. Share it, spread it, let it out. Um, because we because God can do anything with that. And then it comes back to realism. We have an optimism and then a realism. Some And it uses the same phrase as the middle of last week, week's passage, which is this, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Some won't hear it, but we ought to hear it. We need to be ready to hear it. And Lauren challenged us last week to check where our hearts were at. Are they receptive? Are we hearing and so these little mini parables, these sayings, things like, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken away. Basically mean what you get out is determined by what you put in. If you put in to this, you will get out of it. Are you receptive? Are you giving your attention, your energy to the message and the fruit that it can bear in your life? Jesus doesn't say, you know what, some just won't get it, so don't bother. And the rest of you are just lucky to possess divine wisdom when I click my fingers. It doesn't happen like that. He says, consider carefully what you hear. Consider carefully these words. Are you receptive? The attention you give to this will be in direct proportion to the blessing it will bring you and the fruit it will produce in you. Now, what a great reminder as we start. Um, And as we meet here on a Sunday morning, just like every other Sunday, as we open God's word, what a great reminder to us. Consider carefully what you hear. Open your ears. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Let's be reminded this morning that as we read Jesus' teachings and as we come to Jesus' teachings and the writings surrounding them called the Bible, they are not like any other writings or books or our blog posts or articles that are written by experts. What we put into them, the scriptures, determines what we receive from them. And what we can receive from them is endless, which is not quite the same as anything else. And so what I want to spend majority of our time today is the following two parables, the two main parables in what Margaret just read. Um, and then ask that, we, and, and ask that we consider them carefully, that we listen, that we let our ears hear today and ask these questions of, you know, what are these seeds Jesus talking, is talking about and why should we plant them? So let's, uh, let's pray and, um, and just open our hearts to God this morning in these next few moments and then we will uh, discuss this word of God we've just written. Father, thank you so much for... Um, this community. Thank you for this church that we get to be a part of and to to be here uh, each Sunday morning to be in your presence and with one another to glorify you, to worship you, to hear what you would have to say to us, to be refreshed, to be renewed, to be re-energized by your living word. And these words we have just read, Lord, are seeds planted in our life even this morning that will bear fruit one day. Lord, we pray that you would help to make us fertile, receptive, soil, that you would grow what is being planted in our hearts this morning. But Lord, before we get there, may we simply be receptive. May our ears be open to hear what you have to show us and to say this morning. Lord, may I be receptive to your Holy Spirit as I speak. 
may I be taken out of the way so that you, Lord, would do your thing. In Jesus' name. Amen. So in these two parables, we had uh, the parable of the growing seed and then the parable of the mustard seed. Um, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like, on the one hand, a seed that sprouts and grows and then is harvested simply because it's in soil and God does the growing. And then the kingdom of heaven, mustard seed, is like a tiny, small seed, yet it grows into a big, big tree that creates shade and shelter for others. There's these two images in a nutshell. First of all, the images are actually about Jesus. They're about his ministry, first and foremost. And we've been working through the Gospel of Mark this year, and these parables that we've just read are actually explaining what we've been seeing in Jesus' life so far. Uh, the kingdom he is declaring is, and that he's bringing to earth is a massive, world-changing, shelter-providing, healing, magnificent tree. It's, it's this amazing thing that, he, that is happening, and yet its beginnings are in a country town where nothing much happens, with this guy who doesn't want to draw attention to himself. He's retreating to pray when others want to have his attention. He's healing the sick. He's showing compassion on the outcasts of the world. And he will ultimately just be there for three years, serving others. Then he dies an undeserved death, and all of his friends abandon him. It doesn't seem like a world-changing, massive kingdom thing. But underneath the surface... What is happening? Something is sprouting. Something is growing. And it will prove to be a movement which in the first 300 years under persecution after Jesus will grow. This movement, this church, will grow into a movement the church has never seen before. Uh, the world has never seen before. And it covers the known world. That's what's happening under the surface in Jesus' ministry. I read this from one commentator some weeks ago, I think in one of my sermons. Uh, the kingdom of God comes not with fanfare. But, with, uh, but through the gradual gathering of a group of socially insignificant people in an unnoticed corner of the suburb of Canningva, I mean the provincial Galilee, the parable of the mustard seed will merely put into words what has been happening in practice from the first days of Jesus' ministry, the launching of a movement so ultimately huge in dimensions, which yet in its beginnings is so unimpressive as to be barely noticeable on the world stage. Now, if we think for a minute about this, this fully formed tree, the image of the kingdom of God in its fullness on the earth in the parable, that's this big oak tree kind of thing that's providing shelter to others. And then we're to think about the small seeds that might produce that, the small seeds of faith that might produce a full expression of the kingdom of God on the earth. If you were to think about any number of biblical images of what the kingdom of God looks like in its fullness, a few things might come to mind. If I was to say, what about in terms of relationships and what it looks like to, be, to experience the kingdom of God? One passage that comes to mind is Acts chapter 4. All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. They shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all so that there was no needy persons among them. That's a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God when it comes to community and relationships, and being 
the church, the family of God. Um, imagine a church where no one had any debt or, and, and people experienced complete security. There was no worry. There was no need among anyone in the Christian family. Imagine that. If that's the big full picture, the big tree of the kingdom of God happening on earth, what would be some of the seeds, the little seeds that that starts with? It's small, simple things, right? It's things like forgiving one another, sharing meals, meeting together, sharing any surplus of of things that we have, prioritizing time together, little things that seem small but may grow into something substantial. Sometimes it's, it's really hard to see why rocking up to church or being part of a life group or something like that is really that important. It, you know, it's, it's a tiny little thing, and yet it can produce a tree of life for the whole community given enough time. That's in terms of relationships. Then with regards to intimacy with God, what about uh, what the kingdom looks like there? A few things come to mind for me would be John's vision in the book of Revelation of God's children gathered around his presence, the saints around the throne, worshipping endlessly, singing holy, 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 nothing separating them anymore from God and the fullness of his presence, God's tangible presence felt by all the believers. Maybe you think of the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost where a wind rushes through the room and it shakes and God's tangible presence, again, felt by the believers. You know, this, this is the kingdom fully growing. So what are the seeds of this? That's the big tree. What's the seeds? I think of things like prayer in the quiet place, waiting on God. This is what Jesus told the disciples to do before the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. Individual repentance, just opening our heart to God to let him show us where we need forgiveness. And those are seeds. They're small, but they produce something substantial. What about with regards to justice in the world? What's a picture of the kingdom of God there? Well, I would simply say something like a world, a world rid of poverty, a world with no homelessness, with no power in the hands of tyrants, with no slavery. I mean, it's the kind of prophetic visions of Isaiah and Micah and the prophets in the Old Testament. Not just no lack in the church, but no lack in the world altogether. And the seeds of this, of course, are things like generosity and humility and looking after the widow and the orphan. They're not huge things, but they produce an expression of the kingdom over time. So the kingdom of God is ultimately a world without pain, without sin, sickness, death, suffering, sorrow. The seeds of this are small but substantial faith, trust, and then all the things we've already mentioned, prayer, relationships, humility, forgiveness, repentance. And so if the kingdom seeds produced, king, produce kingdom plants, kingdom-sized trees, shelter, fruit, this all seems fairly straightforward, right? We, we, we invest these small seeds of faith and, and the kingdom in its fullness on earth will grow. So plant and the growth will come. So let's, let's do this. Let's imagine this seed. I have a seed here. Um, is representative of one of those seeds of faith, seeds of the kingdom. I'm going to plant it. And we'll just watch this in practice, okay? Let's watch it grow. Just give it a sec. 
Look, I, um, I, I, might, I might have misread the passage. Let me just check it. Um, uh, okay, it says, night and day, when it, whether, whether he sleeps or... Oh, okay, so look, it, obviously it needs a little more time. Thankfully, I planted this one on Tuesday when I was writing my sermon, and um, it seems to have not grown yet. And this is the point of the parables, right? Nothing seems to be happening. And even when we see something, look, there's potentially a tiny little sprout there. I don't know if I dig hard, hard enough, I might find it from the one I planted on Tuesday. But even when we see something, Pretty pitiful for something that took such a long time. Now, I love Bunnings because I can spend a few extra dollars, literally just a couple of bucks, I think it's like $2.40, and buy a seedling or even a, even a potted plant if I spend a few more dollars. It's already got fruit on it and just transplant that into my garden. And I can skip the whole seed planting exercise, needing to get it to sprout. And, and I can just get something that I can pretty much already harvest. It's not the same in spiritual matters. If I could pay someone to immediately receive the, the fruit of a life of prayer or relational investment or a life of service that they had planted and watered and tended to over many years, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I'll pay good money for that. But you can't do that in the kingdom of God. It starts with seeds, and seeds take a long time. Time to grow. But what is planted is not planted in vain when it's in good soil. When our hearts are soft, that prayer or that relationship, that act of love, that gift, when planted with a kingdom intention that is, there's something offered for the glory of God. It may not have sprouted yet, but it will sprout and it will flower and it will fruit. There's a vision of God's kingdom coming to this earth that is in your heart. Maybe you've planted the seeds. Maybe you've prayed a prayer. You've had coffee with someone. You've launched an initiative. Maybe you've even gathered a team, but you just didn't see any fruit. And so you kind of put it on hold. You stopped watering it, you stopped watering it because you just didn't even see it sprout yet. Especially if it's something substantial. We're going to come to that in a second, in the second parable of the, mustard, the parable of mustard seed. Especially if it's substantial, it may take a long time. Maybe God's given you a vision for something that he wants to do in your life, but you've never planted the seed because you've just gone, you know what, that's way too much out of my control. I don't know if it's going to work. Or you tried something in one place with one person or community and you went, you know what, that's not sprouting. So you moved on with another group of people and you planted something and you went, you know what, that's not sprouting. So you moved on with another group of people and went, no, it's not working there either. And don't get me wrong, some people are gifted and chosen to be uh, good at planting and leaving a sprout behind for others to water and tend to it until it bears fruit. Paul uh, Paul says at one point, um, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, and God has been making it grow. These parables are telling us something. God is not in a rush. What seeds are we not planting? What seeds are we giving up on because... We're so used to fast results. We live in the fastest-paced society ever. That's a fact. 
You can read books on this very topic. We've been conditioned to think quick productivity. But it's not the way the kingdom of God works. Prayer doesn't usually produce immediate results. Have you ever noticed this? I've begun to see patterns in my life where there are just massive delays in answers to prayer. I'll press into God in prayer in one season and give more time to being in his presence and being the word and having quiet time. And I feel discouraged and empty and weak and blah. And then months later, that investment then of time with God bears fruit. And then I clearly hear him more clearly and experience his joy, which tends to tempt me to not spend time with God, which means a few months later, we know what happens. It's we have these seasons. Same goes for investment in relationships. Same goes for reaching out in mission or seeing to tackle injustice. We're just not going to see communities around us transformed the very same day that we serve the poor or love the lost or prayer walk the neighborhood because God's not in a rush. But seeds planted will sprout. They will flower. They will bear fruit. The temptation that I experience as a result of this, this need for, for patience and trust that God's doing something under the surface with my little seed of faith is the same temptation I have when it comes to just my garden at home. And that is to, to when I choose, well, what should I plant? Okay, uh, next slide. The kind of fruit I'd love in my own garden is things like avocados, mangoes, lemons, Oranges. Some of you have got some of these fruits in your garden, and I'm very jealous. Bananas. Maybe not bananas here, but um, a watermelon or a rock melon or two. But after, for me in my own garden at home, after years of being pretty much useless and at best lucky when it comes to growing even tomatoes and chilies, um, I've decided that next year I'm just doing basil and coriander because it's easy, right? This one's been, along with about 10 other ones, in the garden for the last few months. Every now and then I go pick it and put a few leaves in this bag bog, and it's just sort of, it survives. And, and I bought it, when I bought it, it pretty much looked like that, in a seedling pot from Bunnings, and I chucked it in the, planted it in the ground. So I, I just decided it's just easier. I just, some tasty herbs for the spaghetti bolognese and the tacos is, is good enough for my garden. Thanks very much. And even if I can't get the seedlings from Bunnings, I, I could probably manage it from seed as well. That's probably not going to be too hard. It's the same in kingdom matters. When I look at the time and the trust required to plant a seed of faith that's going to grow into something that really looks like the kingdom of God in its fullness, I just go, you know what? Let's just do basil. Let's just pray, God, I'd love you to let us lead one person to, to Jesus this year. God, you know, please just help us run a really great Christmas event this year. And look, don't, please don't get me wrong. Those are still kingdom things, right? There's basil in the kingdom of God. I believe that. They're still kingdom things, but they're the equivalent of herbs. They're a nice taste of the kingdom. A nice church service, a fun event, a, they, they give us just a nice taste of the kingdom of God. But Jesus said this, that the smallest seeds will produce the largest of all trees, something so magnificent it will be a place of shelter for others. And I believe there's seeds God wants us to plant and keep tending to that aren't basil seeds or coriander seeds or seedlings 
although those are important. They're not tomato seeds or even mangoes or bananas or rock melons or watermelons, but seemingly small seeds which will grow into kingdom of God on earth stuff like we've never seen before in our lifetime. Now, this is the bit where it gets challenging because of what I just said. When we've never seen an expression of the kingdom of God in its fullness before, like an oak tree, or the spiritual equivalent of an oak tree, it's really hard to believe that that's possible. Most of us have never seen or experienced the equivalent of an oak tree in the kingdom of God. And so our faith is guided and shaped by what we have seen and what we can envisage the kingdom of God to look like on earth. Our vision as a church is to be thriving as a family of God. It's to see our community transformed. Now, have you ever seen that? Have you, have you ever seen our church being so healthy and strong like an oak tree in the spiritual realm that it literally transforms Canning Vale? Its residents all have complete peace. Its crime rates drop to zero. Its financial burdens across Canning Vale disappear completely. There's no more fatherless homes and fatherless homes. And as it is in heaven, so it is in Canning Vale. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever seen that? I haven't. And I've not been around as long as, as, as some of you, but I'm presuming none of you have either. We see tastes of this, for sure. We see people coming to Jesus. We see lonely people finding friendships at our programs and groups and here. All really good things, but it's all much smaller than what the kingdom of God on earth is truly meant to be. And I know the fullness is coming when Jesus returns. We get that. But what if we got a vision of the kingdom, the kind of kingdom impact that Jesus talked about and believed it was possible here? Yeah, I think we'd become excited again about planting those tiny seeds of earnest prayer and time spent with a new Christian and forgiving one another and repentance and sacrificial love and reaching the lost and letting God do the rest underneath the surface because we can't. And I just want you to imagine for a few seconds if the kingdom of God was to come in all its fullness in Canningvale and surrounds, what would it look like? You might want to think about what it would look like in your family because you're part of this, this community. What would it look like in your household? Maybe it's debt wiped clean. Maybe it's complete restoration of broken family relationships. Maybe it's a sense of peace that comes from God everywhere you step. What's the fullness of the kingdom of God in this region look like? Most of the time we Christians need this just as much as the rest of the community, but only we have the seeds. Only we, the church, have the seeds of the kingdom. I want us to know today that it is possible for an oak tree-sized manifestation of the kingdom of God to come in Canningvale. That's, let's, let's be clear, we've never seen that before. We don't know exactly what it looks like. We are not the only church that longs for it, though. We together with Jesus' church, the body of Christ in Canningvale, are drawn to this prayer. God, may your kingdom come. May your kingdom come 
or in the old language, thy kingdom come. That's why we're praying that prayer in the coming weeks. Next week, I want to share a little bit more of, of, of what it might actually look like for this kind of kingdom vision. What it might look like because, kingdom, because Christians have grown with God's help, of course, kingdom-sized oak trees before, or oak trees-sized uh, kingdom expressions before, just not in Canning Vale. The world has seen some amazing moves of God, God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven, just not here. But why not here? And I want to share just a little bit more about that next week as we read about Jesus walking on water, casting out legions of demons, showing his power, what he can do. But today I just want to call us to start planting some seeds. To uh, plant seeds especially of prayer. And I know that prayer is, is just one kind of small seed, but I am convinced that it's the main one. Um, this coming Friday we begin, as I've mentioned, 10 days of prayer. Uh, it's just 10 days. It's not long. Uh, it finishes on Pentecost Sunday in two weeks from today. Two weeks from today. And um, one part of this is just praying for five friends who don't know Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't seem big. And, but, and I hope, of course, that this will result in continuing to pray for those five friends who don't know Jesus. But it starts with a seed. Just 10 days praying for a few people. These are little prayer journals to guide you in that. I mentioned daily prayer time at 8.45. You've got little things on your, your seats about a, what the, the Life Kingdom Come movement called a beacon event, a prayer and worship night coming together with the churches, and we have the privilege of hosting that here. Um, uh, using the prayer room, if you would like to use the prayer room at any time, 1 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, you can get access from Aaron or I for, for that to come and pray and just to be alone in God's presence. I want to say that I'm not asking us today to neglect other things that are important in the kingdom of God. We're not to be neglecting community and learning and fun and, and outreach and, and food and all this stuff that God has blessed us with and that is good to be doing as a church, but to believe that while the tastes of the kingdom that we have are good, we're also seeking God's kingdom in its fullness. Not just basil plants, but oak trees. As we wrap up, I want to, um, I guess, issue a word of warning. If, um, if this is stirring something in your heart and going, yeah, I want to I plant some of these seeds. I just give a little time to prayer. I just want to reach out to that person who I think some, God's going to do something in their life. A word of warning is this. That uh, not only will there be will there appear to be not much fruit come for a very very long time, but people around you will happily point that out. People around you will happily say, "What are you What are you doing that for? What are you doing praying for that miracle? What are you reducing your work hours so that you can spend more time with this church stuff?" What, um, even Christians. Why are you turning down that promotion so you can volunteer in various places? I mean, it's not working. What's your, what do you think is going to happen here? And maybe that's how you're feeling right now. You'd just rather have a taste. You'd just rather plant some basil and coriander, and that's okay. 
But our vision as a church is not to be a reasonably comfortable family who believe in God, loving some of the people in our communities. It's to be a thriving family of God who are seeing our community transformed. And we need the kingdom of God to come in power for that. It's nothing we can do. All we can do is plant seeds and let God do something under the surface. I'm going to finish with these words uh, from John Newton, who wrote to one of the first chaplains to Australia in 1791. I have not been disheartened by your apparent want of success. I've been told that skillful gardeners will undertake to sow and raise a salad for dinner in the short time while the meat is roasting. But no gardener can raise oaks with such expedition. You are sent to New Holland not to sow salad seeds, but to plant acorns. And your labour will not be lost, though the first appearances may be very small and the progress very slow. You are, I trust, planting for the next century. I have a good hope that your oaks will one day spring up and flourish and produce other acorns which in due time will take root and spread among the islands and nations of the Southern Ocean. Let us remember, we are here today as the result of seeds planted by just a few people. And ultimately, we are here today because of seeds planted by one man, Jesus, who taught his friends to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Father, thank you for the reminder that when we may feel discouraged, after just faithfully sowing small seeds of faith, that the smallest seeds, which produce the biggest trees, take the longest time. And so, God, I just want to pray that for every single one in this room who, who is feeling discouraged because some of those seeds of prayer and of relational investment and of reaching out into the community and of just doing the stuff that doesn't seem to be producing any results, I want to pray that you would encourage them to keep going and not to be distracted by those who would say, why are you doing that? What, re- what, what produce is that producing? What results is that gaining? And to be encouraged, Lord, that when there's a mustard seed planted, you are doing something incredible under the surface. And I pray, Lord, that there would be encouragement when we see sprouts, when we see the small little sign of something happening from the seeds of prayer and of faith that we sow. Lord, that we would not then go, oh man, that was just, that's pitiful. That, that, that produce is just nothing, but we would be encouraged that something is happening and that that is just the beginning. And Lord, if we only see one person come to faith this year, Lord, we want to celebrate that as a sprout. If we have the privilege of seeing five people come to faith this year, we want to celebrate that as the beginning of a bit of fruit on the plant. But Lord, we pray that over time, the seeds of faith and of prayer and of relationship and investment in the things of your heart would grow into an oak tree-sized 
kingdom of God expression in Canning Vale and beyond. Lord, we join our faith with those of other Christians in this area. And we ask, Lord, that your kingdom would come and your will be done on this earth as in heaven. Amen.